Hi, 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 hi. Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Bounce Back. I am your host, Rebecca Lee, and this is a wild, wild episode uh, this week. And it's because I get interviewed. Uh, This episode marks the 50th episode of season two. Um, There's over 100 uh, episodes total now combined season one and two. And I have decided uh, I'm going to end season two with episode 50. Um, So it's been a great season. And I like last season, I don't know if or when uh, I will do a season three and what it will be about since you know, season one was about confidence. Season two was about bouncing back. I don't know. I don't know about season three. Will there be one? Won't there? It kind of just go with um, whatever I need in my life at that moment is what I end up doing a season about. So anyway, in this episode, my dear, 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 wonderful friend, Emily Gonzalez, generously agreed to interview me um, for this episode So yeah, if you want to know a little bit about my bouncing back journey, uh, here we go. Without further ado, this is How the Fuck Did You Bounce Back with guest me. Do you still want to start it off? How do you want to start it off? Yeah, I guess I'll just start it off now. Uh, Okay, great. Uh, hi, Emily. This is strange, but strange and good. Strange and good. Uh, no, I'm not used to being on the receiving end of this. So thanks for being willing to interview me. I'm, I'm honored. I really am. It feels like a, a wonderful thing to get to do this and to get to let people who listen to this podcast know more about you because they maybe don't know as much and you're such a wonderful interviewer but you have a wealth of information to share and I'm happy to bring that forward I'm just realizing like I didn't think about this until just now when we started like I didn't think I forgot that I was getting interviewed so now I'm like Mm -hmm. oh fuck I don't know what I'm going to talk about for that's okay (laughs) back because there's been a lot of things there's been a lot of things there's been a lot of things (laughs) yeah um I mean, that sort of leads me to, I feel like, like the terminology bouncing back, right? That sounds a lot like returning to something, right? Like you were in a place, something happened, and then you got back to that place, right? Mm -hmm. How did you bounce back? Um, But I would describe as your friend, someone who knows and loves you, that in the past few years, you have very much, I would call it more like pushing through Mm. and moving forward, that like you're very much not in the same place you were in a few years ago. Um, yeah, the, the woman I know now and the woman I met five years ago, six mm-hmm. years ago, however mm-hmm. long, um, you're in two very different places in your life. Um, and I think it's very easy. I've certainly seen it a lot through this last stretch. And just as we get older of, you know, it's very easy for people to find what they're dissatisfied with in life. That can, you know, pointing to things that don't work and then doing something about it are two very different things and require two very different skill sets and different strengths. Um, And you are someone who has really acted on what you have been dissatisfied with and you have made changes in your life and you have moved forward. You have pushed through difficulty and you are someone who is not afraid to do that. Um, Yeah, I really I you don't give yourself 
certainly, I don't know if you've given yourself enough public credit for that. You are an incredibly strong person. And I wonder where you think that comes from. The ability to not just point to what is wrong, but try to do something about it. Yeah. Um, I think probably just going through a lot of different things, like going through hard times in life. I mean, I am a big believer in growth happens in the uncomfortable moments or Mm -hmm. in the, uh, I mean, even more than uncomfortable, the sometimes traumatic moments. I don't feel like I've ever really grown from feeling comfortable or from um, like doing a great job. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I grow in those moments. So I Mm -hmm. think, um, you know, you know, my, I mean, actually a lot of, listeners probably know my story of growing up too but like I am certainly the uh protector of Mm. my my family my mom and my sister and I've always been that way and I part of me feels like I was born a little bit like that I don't know if it's being a Capricorn or I mean you know it's probably a lot of things but I do feel like I didn't you know, for having a sibling and we were both raised in the same household and we're, you know, two and a half years apart, we are like very, very different people mm-hmm. raised in the same environment. And so I, I kind of do think like I was just born as like a protector or like a of like a fighter type of person. Mm-hmm. And um, the older I get and the more things that I experience, I guess I just am not, I don't like to sit in something that isn't right for too yeah. long like I like I guess I wallow but kind of in my own way but it doesn't normally last long or I guess I just feel like yeah when something when I'm not satisfied with something I can be I am a pretty proactive person to where I can make the steps to change it. And I think that also comes with age, that comes with experience, that comes with therapy. I mean, I've been working on, you know, I've been doing the inner work for a long time. It Mm -hmm. comes with um, being in a program, um, surrounding yourself with people. I mean, you and I have gone on walks, long walks around the reservoir Mm -hmm. and I have chatted your ear off and I have taken your advice and just you are such a great listener and you can frame things in a way that like I really understand and I think that's a huge part of being like a resilient person or just a person who when they're not happy um, they make changes is like when you surround yourself with one friends who also do that themselves but two just friends who love you and understand you and will support you no matter what um, Mm -hmm. and who will be honest with you you know like it's, it's, it is nice to have friends who like sugarcoat things sometimes, but also sure. like the, the truth, like for me, I can take it and is so much more helpful than the sugarcoating. Not that you don't say things with a, with a hint of sweetness. Honesty doesn't have to be cruel. Like honesty yes. can be kind. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I think there, yeah. There's this mentality of like, give it to me straight, hurt my feelings, yeah. fucking cut me deep. And it's like, well, honesty doesn't have to be bad and mean. Yeah, but like you, I feel like when I give honest feedback, mine is a little too direct. And when you give honest feedback, you frame it in a way that I don't, that is, that I still feel like held and supported, but also 
like I'm getting honest feedback, which is nice. I've told you this before. I'm like, I'm very, I, am, I try so hard to learn from you on how to like be honest but and direct, but like kind and like tender, which is like my current, if I were to say something that I'm working on now personally, it'd be like cultivating more tenderness, um, both like for myself and for others. Because I have that like strength and that grit. I got that down. But now I feel like I need a little softness. Um, and that is something that I'm working on because I don't really know how to get that. Do you think that that is, first of all, and I've told this to you in our personal lives, I disagree. <laughs> not, to, not to discount your feelings uh, about yourself and tell you that they're not true. I find you to be an incredibly warm person. You, you do such a good job of holding people and you really like do such a good job of seeing people, making space for them. I find you to be an incredibly warm and tender and like really loving person. But um, there's a reason why you probably feel that way. And I wonder um, if you could point to anything that you learned to value strength over softness or like how that is, Mm. how that's maybe been a strength in your life or, or a valuable thing that has like moved you forward. Like how has, the how has the strength been helpful or like the is that what is yeah that, the, that like operating from a place of strength mm, as mm, opposed mm. to tenderness like mm. l- looking at that as a, an asset sure in your life yeah I mean I think that like I have such a wonderful mom and sister you know them they're lovely wonderful sweet kind people um and but I did watch them get taken advantage of by mm you know, my father, by the world, by partners. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that really made, it made me be like, oh, soft equals you get walked all over equals, mm. um, uh, or like being a people pleaser or, it will eventually lead to your downfall when because because some people see it as quote unquote a weakness when you're right. soft or kind or tender or whatever that it's one or the other yes especially as a woman in the world I do feel like it's like you know if you don't have that strength it's easier to get taken advantage of mm-hmm. um and since I did see it like firsthand in my family there wasn't I do feel like I saw a lot of one or the other, right? It was either right. soft and tender or it was, you know, uh, abrasive, direct, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but doesn't let any, doesn't take shit from anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I just saw how it impacted my mom and my sister and my family, I, I think I was like, I can't let that happen to them again. I can't let that happen to me Mm-hmm. So I think that is where I that is kind of my status quo is operating from, like having my guard up a little bit always. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. I think like uh, and it has, I'm sure, in many ways served you. I mean, you are you are such a good advocate for yourself. And um, that is a really powerful thing. And when it comes to then so okay so the challenges of the past few years right Mm -hmm. would you how do you think you describe yourself three years ago versus now yeah uh very different um I think you know having 
getting divorced last year uh, has, well, I guess the process hasn't changed me, but like, I think when I, so, um, you know, six years ago, six and a half years ago, when I uh, started my relationship with my now ex-husband, like I was in a place of, I had just come out of an abusive relationship, which I think the pendulum had swung the the opposite direction where I was in a relationship that I was getting taken advantage of and I and I was getting abused and I found someone a wonderful kind man who who kept me safe and made me feel uh supported I mean but safe is the biggest thing safe and cared for uh-huh. and I really needed that because I had lost that part of myself and I think um it was really what I needed to get get my balance again um, find out who I was and what I wanted to be and just be in a state of like, uh, like calm mm. because my, I feel like my adrenal system and just, there was so many ups and downs prior to that, that, uh, I just needed like a baseline. I just needed some calm and chill and that's exactly what it was. And it was wonderful. Yeah. And great. And then the pandemic happened which I think caused a lot of people and me included to go internal um, and start to evaluate our life choices or our mm-hmm. just us as people, our relationships, our career, really everything. At least that's how I experienced it. Um, mm. And I realized like, OK, I something's not right. I feel like, oh, you know what happened? My therapist was like, it sounds like you are, have you heard of like CODA, Codependence Anonymous? You Mm. you know, you exhibit a lot of these traits. And I kind of looked it up and it is interesting because when you think of a codependent, you think of, you do, well, I think of a people pleaser or someone who's like, okay, whatever you want is fine. Mm -hmm. But there are like different aspects to codependency. If you look them up and one of the categories is like control, wanting to control Mm -hmm. the reactions of your partner or, you know, just how they respond to things. Um, And I was like, oh, I definitely struggle with that, like with the control thing and not letting my partner experience things for themselves. Um, And just everything in that category like rung a bell. And so when I started going to code, I was like, oh, yes, this is true. Um, I do have the aspects of codependence. I grew up with a narcissistic father. So usually a narcissist finds a codependent. My mom is a codependent. Um, so being getting into that program was really helpful to kind of uh, not analyze, but it, it helped me make sense of like my behaviors and like where mm-hmm. they came from. Um, and that was like doing like Zoom meetings during the pandemic. And then just that kind of was the first thing that started to like unravel like, oh, OK, I'm working on this thing. Um, I still still in therapy. It was really going really hard on like working on myself. Mm-hmm. And I got to a point where I was like, OK, well, I actually feel safe on my own. I used to, you know, need another mm-hmm. person to feel safe. But now I feel I, I found that in me. Okay, so that's changed. What about the other aspects of my relationship that that uh, I really like or I need or I want to prioritize? Um, and I discovered that I needed like more intimacy, whether that was emotional, physical, spiritual, just like that closeness mm-hmm. that you have with a partner. Um, and 
it wasn't at the place that I wanted it to be at. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think reevaluating that and going to couples therapy and seeking out counseling. Um, and eventually it ended up being that, you know, we are just better as friends, which is fine. But it just was a huge, I just am so different because I think, you know, five, six years ago, to go back to your original question, I really needed safety in another person versus yeah. now I have found it in in myself. And so the qualities that I that I think I need in a partner are, safety is not really one. Obviously, yes, I would like to feel safe, but it's not number one anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's like the big difference between then and now. And then just sort of like, I don't drink anymore, which has been a wild ride in and of itself. Just for me wanting to um, have clarity and the decisions that I was making and not feeling like I had it. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely feel like a more I have that a more like a clear mind. I have the safety. And now it's like, well, well what else is there? So yeah. a lot. A lot has changed. Um, that's such a beautiful, powerful thing. Like, I mean, just to hear you say that you found safety in yourself. That is remarkable. And when we don't feel safe, safety is, of course, going to be the number one thing you need. That is the that is the most important thing is to feel safe. And so, of course, if you don't have that, it makes perfect sense to me that you would seek to find it anywhere you can. Um, and that, yes, then once you have that safety, then you can start to think about other things, but those other things can't even come into play if you don't feel safe. Like that has to be the thing you lock down. And, you know, so often in life, um, but particularly in a, a marriage, you, it, it is an, it is seen as an end point. It is seen as a decision you make, you make a promise, you make a vow, you've decided, therefore the growth stops, the discovery stops, you have tied yourself to something. And so, I mean, it's literally like we, the metaphors are like a ball and chain, like mm-hmm. shackled down. It's like, I'm tied down and to be able to as hard as it is, which I know it was and um, every divorce is different, but I've also been there of just like allowing yourself to explore what you need and what Mm -hmm. you want is really profound. Um, And we need to allow ourselves space to change. And the fact that you were able to find safety in yourself is what anyone would need like I I don't know I just like I don't know I mean I know you are you take time to reflect obviously and like are proud of yourself but like to hear just as your friend and someone who loves you to hear you say that is like a really beautiful special thing thanks um I do feel like I mean you were there like I went back and forth a lot. I think people don't talk enough about um, when breakups happen when nobody did anything wrong, Mm. when it's not like 
a big scandal or someone, you know, whatever it may be, yeah. uh, someone she, I don't know, whatever the big things that you would consider are deal deal breakers in your relationship. Uh, yeah. When that doesn't happen, it feel it's really hard to make the decision because you're like, but nothing's really wrong, but it, but it is, but nothing big happened. And then you, and then because I was only married for two years, it was like, should you give it more time? How much time right. do you give it? Uh, and I had a lot of people on both sides, you know, I had some people that were like, you need to give it more time. A marriage is forever. You committed, mm-hmm. you, um, you haven't even been, you only been married two years. Just what I'm trying to think of like some of the things that the things that people said on that side, um, you guys love each other. Oh, oh, he's he's so great. He's so wonderful. Mm. You know, all of that stuff. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Now I'm going to be the bad guy here for having needs and like wanting them to be fulfilled. And then also <laughs> people on the other side that are like, no, like, yeah, I, I don't know. You have people from both sides coming at of you. Of course. And, it's like and marriage is something that, time. yeah, people have a lot of thoughts about. Yep. Um. And, uh, yeah, it's a, com- it is a complicated thing. And, and, you know, like when you were saying about like the pendulum, right? Like you were seeking safety cause you didn't have it, which is like very valid and all we do that so much in our lives, but sh- to get to a place where your decisions are being made based on you and yourself and your needs and not a lacking in one way or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Like that ought to be where that should be the goal right and if at the end of the day that means you still choose that person that's incredible but if your needs change your needs have changed like in that we allow space for that in so many other aspects of our lives like why not in our romantic partnerships and that someone being good doesn't mean that they're right for you and that if someone's also the the thing is like if a marriage isn't good for one person it's not good for both people um and that doesn't mean that's not heartbreaking and devastating but ultimately both people should feel not only like they love that person but they are wanted and loved for exactly who they are and what they bring to the table and if you aren't sure you feel that way you're not giving that person the opportunity to be loved in the way they ought to be loved mm-hmm. yeah and I think I, and then you know add to it the fact that like we share a lot of the same friends or role in the same circle. Um, I mean, thankfully, like I have branched out and I have friends in other areas now, but like the, yeah, the bulk of my friends are in the same comedy community mm-hmm. that he's in. And so it's been, that that's been also a challenge to see like, oh, I guess, oh, okay. I guess those people weren't my friends. They were his friends. Cause you like stop hearing from people um mm-hmm. I don't know how how that was in your divorce because I think I don't know that were you friends you weren't really friends with his friends we had we we ha- we loved the same we loved each other's people in many ways but we did not have a lot of overlap no like you didn't have to see those other people not at you guys yeah yeah people chose sides but yes yeah it, it was definitely a different um we came from a our shared life was uh, like we grew up together. And so it was a different shared history. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
and like I get I, I totally get why one would have sides and um but it definitely and and I still get people who think that we're together and I have to be like oh no we're divorced and you know it's just it's hard being in the same world Absolutely. or like having to avoid or feeling like you need to avoid certain theaters or and like it's mm-hmm. like I don't have to of course I don't have to no one's I'm probably thinking about it more than anybody else there but sure. like I do feel like I have to avoid things or or uh starting my own stuff and not having a producing partner and there's just there's a whole lot there's a lot of different aspects to like rolling in the same circle as as your ex-spouse um but but yeah I think that kind of just comes with the territory of divorce sometimes yeah and like it being the right decision doesn't mean it's an easy decision like it's fucking hard for Mm -hmm. a lot of reasons um also a thing too and I I have some more questions for you about like the the hearing from both sides on it but I mean, obviously, it's never something to be taken lightly, a marriage, a life uh, of someone else's feelings, your own feelings. But like, okay, so say you make the wrong decision. So you made a fucking mistake and you'll move forward and you'll figure it out. Like this idea that like you better make the right choice. There's no fucking right choice. Mm -hmm. There's just how you feel and what you do and you try to do your best and you try to do it kindly and you just move forward. And if nothing else, you're a person who moves forward. And I so admire that. And it's what makes me one of the things that makes me love you so much and and want to be around you is you're a person who's always looking for growth and Mm. um, continues to be engaged in her life and like a present force. And that I think is like just the most incredible quality a person can have. And, you know, a lot of that has to come from within you, right? So like when you're hearing in those moments that are really confusing and really challenging and you're trying to figure out what the right choice is and some people are telling you one thing, some people are telling you another, what does your self-talk sound like in those moments? Like, what are you, do you have any affirmations? Do you have any practices? Like, how do you get through those moments? Those are like, honestly, they're very hard for me because um, the way I grew up was like, you don't make mistakes. Mistakes are Mm. like not acceptable. and so it, it would either growing up, it would, and I go back to childhood stuff because I think that that forms us uh, mm-hmm. as adults. If we don't, uh, you know, talk about our past, I think we're bound to repeat it. But um, yeah, like as a, as a kid growing up, there were two, it could go to one of two ways. Either you do what, you know, what my dad says, you either do that. And if you do that, there won't be a mistake because, like even if even if to the the world there was a mistake to him it wasn't a mistake because you did what he said so like you'd mm. be good, or you did something else, which inevitably would be a mistake, uh, because it wasn't this thing this other thing mm-hmm. and so um, I either learned to never make mistakes or uh, I, di- I I I'm kind of frozen and paralyzed because I used to have someone telling me what to do all the time and now all of a sudden uh. you're you're asking me to make decisions that were usually made for me. Um, and so being, I find my, I do find myself in those in-between spaces a lot where I'm not sure which way to go because in the past I would say, uh, which way should I go? Oh, that way. Okay. I'll go that, you know, yeah, you have to go that way or I will withhold love type of thing. And it's like, Oh, all right. Well, I don't have to think for myself, Mm. which I think also caused me to like, not really know like what I liked, what I disliked, uh, because it was told to me, you like this, 
you're going to go to school for this. You're going to get a job that's this. Um, And I didn't, I really didn't question it until, I don't know. I probably started questioning it maybe like (laughs) six, seven, eight years ago. I mean, yeah, it started, I started questioning a little bit before that, but at that time I was really like, okay, this things are not right. Gaslighting isn't a normal thing. So yeah, those moments are really hard and I still struggle with like, what is the right, but what's the right decision? But what's yeah. right? And it's not black and white like that. Um, there's so much gray in the world, <laughs> but like zooming out just, I do feel like our world does want things to be black and white because it's easier. It's so much easier to categorize things into right and wrong. And like the nuance makes it, makes it harder, but there always is nuance. Yeah. How did you find a way to be okay with that? Or at least like Mm. accept it, even if it's still uncomfortable. I don't think I, I practice. Yeah. I think I first you have to be aware of it, right? Mm-hmm. That and then practice you like just when there are little opportunities to acknowledge it and uh, uh and still move through it anyway. I might this might not be this might not be the decision everybody would make in this moment, but in this current moment with all of the information that I have, this is what I think is best for me and maybe mm-hmm. that will change later. But you can only, you know, I try to remind myself like you can only act with the information you have at the time, which I think is helpful in not beating yourself up later. Oh, I should have done that. Or should mm-hmm. It's like, well, you did the best with the information you had in front of you at the time. Um, so I think, yeah, just remembering that and, and practicing it. I think, I think another thing that um, just to go on like things that I'm working on right now, is like being tolerant. This sounds so sounds being tolerant of the the ways that people do things that are different than me. Mm. And I mean like the ways that people fight or argue in a relationship or um uh the even even like small things like where you like leave your keys in your phone. Just like just being more tolerant because I'm used to being in a relationship with someone who who really deferred to me in the way that I did things and mm. now going out into like the dating world and seeing how other people do things and operate and having to be like tolerant of that of it not being the way I would do it has been really interesting too and it goes back to like the control issues of hook of codependency and mm. if you do it the way that I want to do it I know what the outcome is going to be um, and that outcome is going to keep me safe so you mm. might as well, you should just do it the way I would do it because that ultimately will keep me safe. But now it's like, oh, well, I already know that I'm going to be safe no matter what. I now have someone who has their own like wants and needs in the way that in the way that they operate. And um, yeah, I think it's it's just really interesting being like, oh, yeah, people handle things differently. <laughs> I don't handle they don't handle it the same way I do, which thank God, like, thank God everybody's different. Um, but when you come from a relationship where you kind of what you said is how it was. Um, Yeah. Having someone who challenges that is both great because it challenges you to grow, but also it's just like a learning curve for me. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, honestly, I feel like that's a, 
a massive key to happiness if we could all figure it out is just being able to release the fact that you know how everything is gonna go yeah (laughs) because you don't and you can't control things and the harder we cling to it the harder we're fighting it's like swimming upstream where Mm -hmm. it's just like maybe just go maybe just go with it which doesn't mean acquiescing it doesn't mean not fighting for what you want it just means like maybe don't you don't have to work so hard all the time yeah yeah I I also feel like when I don't know if you're good about this like when I'm in a an emotion a strong emotion it's really hard for me to like zoom out a little bit and be able to observe myself in that emotion instead I just am I am that emotion Mm. I I, uh so if it's you know if it's anger I'm angry I don't have the ability to zoom out and be like okay well what are we angry about does this make sense does our does this emotion we're feeling right now the amount of it does it match the actual uh event Mm. that happened or is it bigger than the actual like I don't have that ability to 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 do that and there my therapist was like that's why journaling is so great because to Mm. me people would be like oh you should journal I'm like oh but I already know how I feel about things I don't need to like come to a conclusion about how I feel and my therapist was like well no it's it's also really useful to create a little bit of separation to allow yourself to almost be like a viewer and not so Mm. so in the emotion that you're not able to pull out of it a little bit it gives you like that extra little room to be the observer of your thoughts and not just the person acting upon those thoughts, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like in the driver's seat, not the passenger seat. Yeah. 1,000% that. Yep. Yeah. Because do Man, you journal? No. I, I don't either. I, I don't. And I've tried before. And, I, and I'm so bad at it. And I, I have such a hard time not like locking back into the like middle school version of like dear diary this is I know. like as if like I'm like are you there god it's me Margaret yeah. journaling like I can't like I don't really know 1,000%. how to not like perform journaling um <laughs> it's not I'm not did I'm you not journal growing it. up like did you was that a big thing you did I had a diary on and off um throughout my life but it was it was basically like a complaint journal it was like a crush slash complaint journal like it yeah. was it was just like God, I can't believe my parents are doing X, Y, Z. Anyway, I love this boy and I love him forever. And it was like that was, and I would do it like on and off in various like periods of my life. Um, But yeah, yeah, no, journaling, I'm not, I'm not great at, but that is such an important, I was a pretty angry kid. Um, Were you? Yeah, I don't don't even know You don't seem like an angry person now or that, I mean, I I, guess I didn't know you then, but. You didn't know me then. Um, No, I mean, I I went through like, I think it was just like I felt a lot of emotions. I didn't really know what to do with them. It was like, it was like internal anger. Um, And I, 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 no, I don't, I'm not an angry person anymore, but I, I remember my dad telling me that like the the physiological response to anger, this is so my dad, the physiological response to anger is only like, it's like 30 seconds or something that if Mm. you can, if you can find it in you when you're feeling really angry, and I'm sure this goes for any intense emotion. And if you can just pause for that long, it will go, it will fade and you will, and you will know it's like, when we are angry or we hold grudges or we get worked up about something, it's like us continuing a feeling that we are making it last that long, right? Like it's, it's not actually doesn't need to feel that way. Um, yeah, I do believe yeah. that. I just have yet to be able to 
it's wait hard, that 30 man. seconds. I try so hard and I do the like I am able to um like they say like put ice on your chest or something like that. Uh Oh wow. I I yeah, I'm I am a very dramatic uh that's probably the nicest word that I could use to describe it is like a just a dramatic person. Uh uh I feel I feel things very intensely mm-hmm. uh, and would love to be able to be uh observe an observer of my thoughts instead of just along for the ride of my emotions you know I mean yes I I often think that at least for me and like the, the people I'm I know the best I I think that like there's something to be said for our greatest strength also being our greatest weakness that like 1000% the thing the thing that is like that you are the the muscle that is your strongest muscle right like it's gonna you're it's gonna help you lift the heavy thing but it's also gonna be the one you fucking lean on when you don't want to use your weak muscles yeah. so like I you say yes you you feel things very intensely and that you'd love to find a way to be less in like be more in control of those things also I would say one of your greatest strengths is like you put your full self into everything you do you are like so deeply and fully Rebecca in every way and it is like magical to experience um and so I wonder if there's a path to explore of how to like channel what it is about that that is so powerful in a way that like rather than fight against it you know like mm-hmm. how do you make that feel like a strength all the time yeah i mean i feel like the first thing that comes to mind is like when you're in those moments go make art or go do you know yeah do something like that and it's like, like don't fight it channel it yeah and it's like that i would love that uh, I've yet to be able to to do that. It is usually like, yeah, uh, yell at the whoever is causing <laughs> me the uh, <laughs> causing the disturbance. Um, what is your like? What is your go to? I don't want to call it a negative emotion, but like, what is your go to thing that like you're like, oh, I wish I could do a little bit less of that or be able to channel it better. Um, I. I allow almost no time between a thought coming into my head and acting upon it. Mm. So I can't, if I think of something that I want to do, I I was going to say need to do, you never need to do it. But in my head, I'm like, well, it's happening. Like I've thought of it. And so it's happening. And that is something I has served me really well. It also can be, it's like a really high risk, high reward way to live. Um, I would like to feel capable of letting something sit for a little while sometimes. Yeah. Without I, feeling like I have to do it just because I fucking thought of it. For what's like seconds. an example? <laughs> uh, I mean, in a small way, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. um, you know, I... I had an idea. Well, that's it. I'm getting that tattooed onto my body. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, sure. Things like that. But, yeah. but in, in bigger ways, it's like in a good way, it's, it's, I'm dissatisfied. I'm okay. Uh, I'm going to go back to school. I found a school. I applied. I'm going now like that, which is great. 
part, it's all it 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 lends itself to this need for like, I, I can't sit. I need to make choices. I need to take steps. I need I need to be moving forward. I need things to feel like they're happening. And sometimes you have to just sit and wait. I'm a very impatient person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finding. I'm very good at making things happen when I feel the need to make them happen. But sometimes there are moments to sit and wait and pause and like be okay with stillness. And I'm not good with stillness. Yeah. I relate so to that. It's I'm that. Not either. I'm not great at that either. Rebecca, this isn't about me. Oh, okay. Sorry. Stop, it's, stop <laughs> this. This is about you. <laughs> knee jerk. Knee jerk reaction. This isn't about me. It's about both of us. It's about all of us, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. It's about all of us. And that's. And, the, and so on that point, like, you've done a whole podcast now, two seasons about trying to understand where people come from and how they operate and what, like, makes them do. XYZ and and you are such a curious person and after sitting with all of that and and doing this as you've done for years now what have you is there anything that you've like carried with you that has helped you get to this point in your life yeah I think there's a few things that commonly come up uh that yeah it seems like more people say this than not um which I touched on it a little bit but like community has is always a a huge thing that people bring up um first season was confidence this season was about bouncing back and it's true for both of those um really surrounding yourself with a community of people or even just one person who loves you for being you um that seems to be like a through line. Um, God, there really is so much. Oh, oh, um, just saying what's going on in your life. Um, not, not feeling like what you have going on isn't important enough or is too shameful or because what it, I, and I've interviewed a lot of pe- hundreds of people at this point. And they're like, what happens is you, one, it feels good to just get it off your chest. Two, usually someone else is like, oh, me too. Oh, Oh. that happened to me too. And you feel less alone. And it's like, I feel like we really hold on to things and we're like, I I can't tell anybody about this. It's only happening to me. I'm a bad person for experiencing this or whatever narrative you want to tell yourself. You're the only person experiencing that. Or people won't like me if I say this, if I, if they knew that this happened to me or if they knew I did this thing and it's a bad thing or whatever the, the narrative is you're telling yourself and you say it and it loses the power, which is great. Mm-hmm. And people are like, me too. Oh, and I think that's that is huge. Um, that's huge. Yeah, God, that's huge. That's, I think that's a really big one. Um, what else have people talked God, about? Honesty is so profound. That sounds so fucking cliche, but uh, even just like honesty, not in like a, like be honest, tell the truth, but just like the, like, man. And I was going to say this about you and that I'd forgotten and now I'm remembering it is that, um, when I got divorced, when, when I decided I was going to get divorced, when I was like, okay, this is it. I'm doing this. I have to do this. I remember my therapist telling me that I like sat differently on the couch that my vocal register was lower 
that like there was a actual physical settling that happened. And I have noticed this in you, you, there's no other way to put it other than you are like calmer, more grounded. You like, you just, I don't the like physically like closer to the earth. Mm. <laughs> and like, that is, I think what happens when you just accept whatever your fucking shit is. You accept, you say the thing out loud, you accept the grayness of where you're at. You just all of a sudden are like closer to the fucking earth. <laughs> yeah. And it it's crazy how hard that can feel to do and how deeply, deeply gratifying an experience it is. Totally. I also, you know, I think acceptance goes hand in hand with that too. Like mm. it, I have, I am working on um, accepting people for who they are. And that sounds like I, I don't mean it in a way where I'm like, Oh, I don't accept people who are different from me. I don't mean that. I just mean right. like, um, like in like dating, just to bring it back to like how, someone does something that's different than the way you do it. And like, I, I feel like I used to be like, well, you should do it the way I do it. Cause that's, <laughs> I know that it works and it, it'll get it done faster and whatever. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, Oh, how wonderful is it that like you do it a different way? And like, that's so, uh, I don't know. I used to like, <laughs> When, when, it would bug the fuck out of me in like previous previous uh, iterations of myself, but I'm learning to be like, huh, isn't it cool that people have free will? Like, yeah, isn't that like, great? Oh, that's that interesting. I wonder why you do it differently than me. Maybe I can yeah. like be interested in that or curious about. It. I still might think it's worse than my way, but at <laughs> least I'll be learning something about you in the process. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, what do you wish? This is a very cliche question, but I, I, I'm, I'm actually curious to hear the answer is like, what do you wish you, what would you tell the version of you from three, four, five years ago? Mm. That's a good question. I mean, cli sometimes cliche questions are cliche for hey, a reason. Man. They're great. <laughs> They're great. They're absolutely great. Um, I mean, uh, probably a few things. Uh, one of the first things that comes to mind is that like it doesn't have to be perfect. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it being anything like it doesn't exist. Perfection's not a thing. It can also ch what you want can also change. And that's OK. That's not mm -hmm. a mistake. That is part of the human experience. Um, not to be afraid to be soft um, mm. and tender that's not something to be ashamed of but it's something to like be very proud of and you can do both you can be soft and also uh, a bad bitch you don't have to be Fuck one or yeah. the other um, probably you know fuck Fuck the haters. Mm. Um, it Second that. Fuck the haters. Uh, so many things. Um, do you ever go, do you ever think about other times in your life and you go like, oh, I don't 
even really re- recognize who I was or you, you maybe you recognize it, but like the choices that you made then, whether they were small or big, you're like, it's so weird because I don't relate to that. I, I like if that happened right now, I would not not even a part of me would do make that. This is kind of like not your question, but like, just, no, God, yes, I know. You, know, exactly you can see like the different versions about. of yourself. Yeah, it's like I'm looking at a totally different person and I'm going like, so that's okay. So that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And you go like, oh, but also you. Yeah. But like that made sense for what like you needed in that moment. If you like you look at that previous version of yourself and all of the in the environment that that you were in and the people that you were around and like you behaved in the way that you felt you had to behave to -hmm. exist in the world and, you know, to keep your sanity. Uh, But like. I think the older you get or I get, the more I'm like, oh, I deserve the things that I want. I don't need to feel bad about those things. Um, Mm. And I really do love being alone. Like I love being on my own in a way that I've never have before. I've always been chasing some sort of – in the past like male validation um Mm. you know all the cliche daddy issue stuff um and now for the first time I'm like oh I actually don't I really am not interested in that I I don't I I I don't need it I don't really want it um yeah I think also coming to terms with like my sexuality and you know uh identifying more as a queer person and not as a straight person and I think with that also comes a lot of shame as like a Mm. pansexual or bisexual person I think uh it's like well you're not you're not really that unless you're Mm -hmm. you're not really queer unless you're lesbian or you're not really gay unless you're gay um Mm -hmm. yeah there's just I'm just such I just feel like such a different person now and I guess I would also tell myself like the only the only validation that really matters is what you think of you and Mm. um and also like the universe is so big and we're all gonna die and nothing really matters anyway (laughs) I mean let me tell you just gotta (laughs) add that that little caveat is that like who fucking cares like everybody's gonna die no one that is on this earth is gonna remember you I read something that was like in 200 years no one's gonna visit your grave anyway like people are gonna for do you visit anybody your great 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 grandparents no I don't want to be buried in the ground yeah and I read that also did you know you usually you lease grave plots you don't buy them yeah. so they dig you up after they your lease you up. is up in like a yeah. hundred years and then you get burned anyway I guess I don't know what they do with I don't it. know what they do and then you get replaced. So you're not even there anyway. Your t- your gravestone's gone. So it's like just do what you want and uh, just don't hurt anybody and don't hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think that all the time. Where I just I'm like we're alive for a fucking second, and that sounds really. Pes- it can sound really pessimistic, right? No one's gonna visit your grave. No one fucking cares. But like I find that very freeing. Me and, too. And the whole point is like. No, 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 that's what's beautiful about your life is it's so, so short and so small and it's all you have and it is only for you. It is only for you. And to be able to live in existence that you can try to make good, if you are so lucky as to be able to like find comfort and joy and happiness and like 
drink good wine and meet good people and like sleep in a nice bed if you are so lucky as to be granted that in your moment on earth fuck the haters (laughs) (laughs) it's um and don't be a hater yourself you know give yourself that kindness yeah it's all you got it's so true god I was gonna say something and now I can't remember what it was because that was so well put um yeah I don't know fuck the haters Fuck the hairs. <laughs> so stupid. It's the thesis of this episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, how? Okay. So there, I mean, next massive global disaster. How? <laughs> <laughs> how? How are you going to bounce back? How are you going to? How are you going to keep yourself going? What? Ha- what like strength have you found now that you hope to carry with you that you believe you'll carry with you? I think just like I honestly like I keep coming back to like just acceptance of like of every of just the fact that we're a blip uh oh oh you know what like I think um I used to be so attached to um like once you make a decision that is what it's going to be forever Mm -hmm. um and being like, oh, wait, I can just have fun doing this thing, whether it's for a day, a week, a month, a year. And I don't have to, like, mm. do it forever. Whatever that is, whether it's a job, a relationship or whatever, you're not you don't you're not attached to it. You don't have to lock yourself into something forever. You can change careers. You can change partners. You can you can change your mind. You can move like you don't have to I think I have felt so like I have to do I have to be locked into what life should be this one way um Mm. and and it's and it's also interesting I say that because like I'm an actor I I chose a path that already isn't that but within that path I'm like well to be an actor you have to do this you have to go here then you do this and it's like well no you can you get to create your life um Mm, uh, you get to create your life yeah you know like you it doesn't and you've taught me this too it's like it doesn't you don't just because this is what you're deciding today doesn't mean that tomorrow you can't change your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. I, I'm just not really a change your minder, but like, I'm like, oh, but I wish I could be and was. And I, it really takes the anxiety away. I think mm-hmm. I, I really attach um, to once you make a decision, it has to stay that way. And then that's where, yeah, that's where the anxiety comes from. Cause it's like, well, if you don't succeed in that, then you fail. Or if you change your mind, then you fail. But it's, mm-hmm. but if you accept the fact that like life is ever changing, things are always evolving or devolving and then evolving again. Um, yeah. I think that, that thought helps my anxiety subside. Uh, yeah. That they, things don't have to be a certain way change is like a wonderful thing and it's not that does it does not mean that you have failed Uh, I I think that's pretty big it's huge and that like in thinking that that doesn't that like that for me allows me to commit harder to the thing I'm doing now because I don't have to worry about will it be forever I can just be in it I can be fully in it because totally it I don't have to worry about what comes next yeah you can just do it yeah, you're totally right. I do feel like when, yeah, you're, I have, I have lived that way where, I, where I can't fully be in the moment because I'm like, well, what if it ends or what if I can't mm-hmm. sustain it or, uh, yeah, that's so true. 
I definitely feel that way as well. Mm. I just, I just love you so much. I think you're so special. (laughs) And I feel very lucky to be able to know you. I mean, I'm grateful for you because you know that I talk your ear off about the same stuff. All the, I, like as someone who I know that you um, identify as someone who like once you have decided that you want to do something, you do it and you go and that's it. And having me as a friend who has been like, but what about this? And then I go back to this and then that must I can't imagine how much that must drive you crazy. And I'm it sure you want to be like, just make the decision and then do that thing. Uh, but you are always so patient all. with me. And um, I really enjoy that quality about you. Is like when you're like, no, we're this is the thing we're doing and we're going to follow through on that thing. All right. Mo- like next. Like when you plan vacations, are you are like, are you good at that? Like picking hotels and that type mm-hmm. of thing? Oh. Yeah, I, what's interesting is it, with small things, I'm actually quite indecisive. Oh, if, okay. Like, if you want to ask me, like, what movie do you want to watch? Well, God, no idea. What do you want to do for dinner? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but like, yeah, what what are you gonna like? What choice are you gonna make that's gonna define the next like year of your life? I'll do that. I'll do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, You're good at picking dinner so places. You'll be like, do you want to go here? Or here? And I'm like, I don't know. And you're like, we're gonna go here. <laughs> Some, I guess sometimes I could. I don't know. You know, we're all. <laughs> It's a gray area, baby. We're all complicated. Um, <laughs> I reserve uh, the right to be different in all circumstances. You reserve that right, baby. That is your any, right, and I any love it. Moment, um, I love it. Thanks for yeah. um, thanks for thanks for interviewing me this time. Uh, it was an it's an absolute pleasure. I feel very lucky. Really flew by. Um, but I love you. So thank. I love you. Mm. Fuck the haters. Fuck the haters. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Bounce Back? I'm Rebecca Lee, and if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review, a comment, like it, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this right now. And remember, new episodes every Thursday. Take good care of yourself.